Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara. We share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now it's the time to seek elite results. Good thoughts for the week. We covered the combine a little bit last week. And let's start with free agency here, where a drove of running backs are set to hit true free agency. Uh, we've seen some bigger contracts. We didn't know about Jonathan Taylor recently, but we're going to see guys like Sequan Barkley, Austin Eckler coming off a bit of a down year, Josh Jacobs, uh, some notable running backs in the dynasty space, running back always up in the air for opportunity, overt ceiling hitting production possibilities in the coming years. So what are your thoughts dynasty wise in terms of some of these running backs set to hit the market? How will the market react? We've got the salary cap going up and we've got a position where some guys get paid. You look at David Montgomery and others, and then others kind of let out there thinking that they're worth more. They want a longer contract. NFL may not give in. So it's a real push pull in the market these days. Well, I, I think it's interesting if you're going to be a a running back in free agency. Like this is the absolute year to be a free agent because a, the cap just spiked a little bit. So you're going to get a little, hopefully reprieve or benefit from that. But B, if you go to grinding the mocks right now and put in the running back position and hit search for guys with expected draft positions, you know, what doesn't show up any running backs. And those are basically running backs drafted in like the top two rounds. There ain't anybody there. And if you go over, you can use some other sites like NFL Mock Draft Database, for example. Uh, their highest running back right now is Trey Benson at 60, right? If that's going to be the world we're going to live in, like there's going to be some really interesting opportunities here for some of these running backs to potentially sign deals where I think the market doesn't exist in some other years, right? And so you look at, I, I consider this trio really interesting of, I'll just call it the franchise tag guys from last year, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard. Right? They're interesting like guys that have been in the top 10 to 12 dynasty running backs at a period of time in the last call it year or so. Um, like really interesting there, right? Get a, especially with Jacobs and, and, and Barkley, who you could consider like mid-20s, kind of in their prime, hitting free agency. I'm not sure Pollard's going to be in the same light. We'll have to see. But like that's that's interesting where there's no draft competition competition or, or minimal dra draft competition competition easy for me to say today um but yeah i mean it's just I, I think that's fascinating right i think that's a really fascinating aspect the other thing i would be careful on and this might be the i don't know like the cam Akers rule maybe or maybe even the alexander madison rule i don't know we'll have to come up with a name i don't want to name something bad after alexander madison but we'll call it the cam Akers rule which is uh, incumbent running back that you don't trust and you know kind of what you do about that and i think last year cam makers was one of those guys where we we're like well it seems like like i guess he's going to be the guy and you kind of threw your hands up and you're like i don't know like they just spent the whole last year like not super convinced how convinced are we but there wasn't another option and all of a sudden like it by like week three kyron williams had ran him out of the station right so i kind of look at the flip side of that of some of these teams that have incumbent running backs who are going to look to benefit from some of this like zamir white where be careful about those situations because they might seem like they got good landing spots without the draft pedigree competition but i'm not super convinced that um you know on some of these profiles so i think it's an interesting blend this year 
I would also add in the running back market, and we're generally, you know, skeptics in terms of this is a situational based business. You want to make sure that you're getting what you pay for and what you're paying for, what you're hoping for are lead jobs. <laughs> and if someone doesn't really have high confidence level of that, then make sure you are factoring in that risk. Like I, I'm a huge proponent of trading running back for and helping yourself at other positions, stockpiling, figuring running back out as you go and progress towards week one or even post week one. I would remind folks of one other thing, which is there's a lot of older, very productive running backs. And Dynasty is generally not happy about those players. Uh, as a general rule, McCaffrey, hey, everyone loves him. Uh, but when you look at basically every other older running back, and I'm talking 27, 28-year-old plus, um, and I think we're in an era where we're not grinding down running backs quite as much as it was 10, 20 years ago. So these guys can last. Uh, you're looking at, obviously, the guys that survive that long are probably pass catchers. Derrick Henry would be one outlier to that entire scenario. But I look at guys like James Conner, especially uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, is more expensive than that. But uh, Aaron Jones, these are guys that to have they're in my opinion still on a multi-year window generally you want to see someone that is uh falling off and then you can project them you know as more of a one-year play but like you said the combination of they're entrenched with jobs and even if they draft someone who they draft and that's really going to threaten you or threaten that role for this year and they're priced at a point where if you get one solid season you're kind of getting what you're paying for if it's a high level season you profit if it's two years you profit um, and, and when everyone's running away again, right now, you know, selling and selling, uh, picks to get those players, you have to get the right price because obviously you're buying an asset. That's not really going to go up in price and you're selling an asset that could go up in price or is more globally appealing. So you have to really make sure you're getting good equity there, but there are some really nice veteran running backs that folks are going to leave for dead. This is like the previous version of the Drew Breeses, the Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers at, at quarterback where they have a big profile and they're at a price point where people are assuming they're, they're going to be dead and buried in a year. And the, the bet is if they're not. So at running back, again, these guys have been longstanding starters. Like James Conner's a pro. Like you think a guy is just going to walk in here and take his job, take his lunch? I don't think so. It's going to be injury-based if he misses the rest of the year. And then guess what? They can move on. So uh, that's going to be more of the scenario. But he still would be someone that would recycle and be at worst a thorn, if not at best a starter in 2025. So you have to be super careful, uh, again, with selling those guys for cheap. Now is not the time to sell them. And it is an exploratory buy or add them to bigger deals because I don't think the names I just listed have a lot of risk of not getting to week one as the starter. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's a, it's just, a, it's a really interesting. And I think as we keep going on in this marketplace of the running backs, like we're going to keep right where everyone says, Hey, they're devalued. They're devalued. Like maybe, but like each year is different along that line. Right. And I think this one's a unique one where we haven't really had this where it's, Hey, no, you know, this declining market, but the free agent market's really good versus a not good. Like it might be a, I'm not going to say historically bad, but like a, a not good, like a, was it Bishop Sankey was like running back one, one yeah. year? Like, and it was like, he was in the fifties or something at the yeah, Jeremy Hill class. Right. You have, right. If you sneak into late round two, but nobody that's threatening for round one, certainly not last year's class and, and things like that. Like, yeah, yeah, we really, it was Travion Henderson just to roll it back. I mean, he was the one guy that ended up going back to school to Ohio state that had some promise of, and again, not round one. It was more like he, he would be a top 45, top 50 pick. 
Um, and he would have been running, you know, as that projection, if that held, would have been running back one of this class. And we've got a big cluster for running back two through whatever. Um, but you take that guy out and we've got a lot of question marks with those top guys. Pretty much every guy has a significant question mark, whether it's combine related or durability related, injury related, how, how they're progressing through that process. Um, the other part uh, that we have uh, going through, which is franchise tags, uh, potential at, at wide receiver. It seems like, you know, the splash move of a trade, you know, a tag and trade situation or just a trade. Brandon Ayuk is one that we discussed a little bit in our after hours discussion this week where you talked about uh, potential bets for the 49ers and Brandon Ayuk. I mean, where he's getting close to the point of a big contract is going to be needed to secure his services there and continue on with the 49ers. You've got T Higgins is going to be uh, a, a tag guy. Now, is it going to be a tag and trade? Is it going to be a tag and play? Is it going to be a tag and a future contract uh, situation? So, um, Profiles like that, what I find interesting is when you do analysis that it's always a cluster just to say one thing about T. Higgins. So the bet on T. Higgins is, would you prefer him in a better offense? Let's use that as, or a number two role within a stronger offense of the Bengals and attachment to a you know known quarterback, all these types of things, but essentially being behind Jamar Chase, or would you rather have him as a number one wide receiver? on a less, you know, he takes the money, he takes the bag, he, you know, he gets traded, a team wants to pay up to make him their number one. And it's more of an uncertain quarterback situation. And I'll just say that's a relatively tight vote. Uh, when you look at what happens fantasy wise, probabilities of outcomes and all that, historically speaking, the strong quarterback, strong offense, but the number two versus the number one. And let's say it's on a bad or bottom quartile offense. That is a relatively close vote. Uh, historically when you look at the numbers yeah my my concern is i think the name value is better than the actual production and so that's the thing that i you know if he were to change teams that people might boost him up and i just i think he's a contested catch guy who doesn't really show up in the targets were open route run metric um at all right and so if that's going to be kind of how you live right that's very yeah, that's the George Pickens. That's the, you know, that that sort of contested, not highly targeted sort of wing of the position. We've seen a cap ceiling on that. I've actually been stunned by his price. Like top fifteen prices for T. Higgins is to me like that's everything you don't bet in that range. And I've been really surprised. So if he ends up in in free agency, like, or, or I'm sorry, if he ends up, he's not going to end up in free agency. He's a tag. If he ends up being traded or something like that, it doesn't seem like that's where it's going. Would be my guy. Would if I had to bet, he's back with Cincinnati. Um, but if he were to be traded, like, I think that's a like an interesting. You know, is that a is that a cash out opportunity? Like, I don't know. I I guess I don't see how his value goes much higher than it is right now. It certainly doesn't warrant going much higher than it is right now. Would is be is it take. fair to categorize him so far as good but not great? Yeah. And he's priced and, and, as like and very good. And what they say is don't pay for good, right? Yeah. And he's priced right now. Like he's yeah. he's fine, right? He's fine. But he's not he's priced at a very good price. And I just I that's that's exactly I mean, if you were to sort of take a wide receiver, right? If you were to take a wide receiver profile. And say, okay, what's the what's the type of profile that we want to bet against, or what's the type of profile that that us that our strategy sort of like 
arbitrages. It's this one where you got high price receiver who's not a huge difference maker, but is insulated by value and name name. And we're going to go way down. We're going to trade off of that. We're going to use whatever that that price is. We're going to pass on him in drafts or we're going to, you know, not I'm just not in on T Higgins generally, but you're going to trade him or whatever. And you're going to arb down and you're going to be in the business of like Mike Evans and you know, Mari Cooper's and, and, uh, you know, Keenan Allen's like, this is the exact type of profile that we're looking at, right? It's T Higgins. Right. And that's, you know, that's sort of my concern with him. Again, if he changes teams, like I think it's probably a down tick would be my guess because you're going to go to a team that's got a rookie deal quarterback would be my thought right? you're trying to insulate around him is usually the way that that goes. And it's going to be a perceived downgrade from Joe Burrow and that would be my, that's sort of my initial inclination because it would be like Carolina. It's kind of crazy that that he's, he's not much different in price from guys like Nico Collins and Drake London and DJ Moore. I mean, these guys are, you know, number ones on their team and pretty unquestionably so. And, you know, with high end outcome possibilities, or we've already seen higher end outcomes and, T. Higgins is just floating out there, you know, in his mid-20s. And like you said, I mean, being de- more dependent on contested catches, uh, if, he st- if he stays or goes, like it, the, the fact that – here's another thing. Like let, let's assume assume typical, typical outcomes. So they didn't run to give him a new contract, right? The best players, they run to give him a new contract, right? It's just like a, it, it, it's such a given. And that's, it, it's not, it's not just quarterback. It's other positions too, especially wide receiver. And they did not do that. I know they got some other things in the fire. They got Joe Burrow. They've got Jamar Chase coming up. I, I get all these things. But T Higgins, they're playing this game, which means there's probably a disparate gap on what T Higgins thinks and their camp versus the Bengals. Right. And yeah. it probably is T Higgins think he thinks he's outstanding and a huge needle mover. And the Bengals are like, you're fine. Exactly. We're not trying to get rid of you at least yet, but we're also not going to give you, you know, four for one twenty. <laughs> right. So, and by the way, his value's actually fallen. So he was at like yeah. 14, like about a week ago. So it's, but the, it's a big tier. Like it's like a seven, yeah. eight player tier that between 15 and, and, 20 like it's basically a half a round right that those guys all fall in like a i have it i have at least five i at least have at least five to eight players Mm -hmm. on on my rankings that are cheaper by the market that are like i have them ranked higher so it's like an easy arbitrage and like you've talked a lot about you know just pivoting within the position like someone likes t higgins well are you willing to give me you know a pick that could be meaningful plus a player that is in the same scope Right, like that's probably the and, and you and here's the good news is you probably have four, five, six league mates that have one of those players that you can make something like that work. Whether it's a two way go or it's just a straight up, hey, I'm getting a second round pick and I'm kind of getting the same thing. Yep, yep, love it. Or and better yet, it would be someone with you know wide receiver one outs because like Higgins right now, I mean he has legit chances to still play the number two spot there with the Bengals and that probably gives you less outs. Like we have not seen indications that this is, you know, Waddle and Tyreek Hill or, you know, Julio and Roddy White. I mean, there's certain iterations that has worked. Uh, uh, Dallas had a couple iterations. I think it was Miles Austin, Des Bryant. Like, so you have some of these pairings that can work. It's usually not for long-term and it's not super common. 
So, and it is with a Herculean quarterback. So, uh, or a Herculean offense that funnels major funnels. And I don't know if this really fits the exact criteria you're looking for. You know, they might be looking because I've also seen plenty of mock drafts where you see, hey, Bengals are going to draft a wide receiver, you know, and and maybe they're in on tight end. They certainly have a hole at tight end and they haven't really filled it with Irv Smith and uh, Hayden Hurst and some of their iterations in, in, in passing here. So, yeah, a lot of options there. Um, what do you think? And final final big thought here. What do you think about the top players not throwing, not working out uh, at the NFL Combine? We talked about Marvin Harrison quite a bit. Uh, they're on the after hours, so you can certainly find that. But what do you think about the I choose not to throw uh, quarterbacks within the rel- relative scope of this uh, pre-draft process for them? Not surprising. Um, uh, the quarterback's not throwing. Um, you know, they get to go to their pro days and sort of dictate what they want to do. Makes you know That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, the not running thing, we talked about this a lot on the on the deeper dive show or on the after hour show on the Patreon side. So go ahead and get that. Uh, by the way, next week, we're actually doing user submitted or Patreon submitted trades we're going to discuss. So this yes. is a week. And by the way, if you're interested in, in NFL draft props and all that stuff, we did a long deep dive. There's some funny stories like this is a great week. If you've been like, I'm not sure this is the week to jump in. Like this is the this is a good week to jump in. Um, in terms of content over there. So you're going to get all that. Um, so that's, um, that's that. What was the question, Chad? Sorry, I got, I got. Well, we'll wait, <laughs> let's finish that though. So yeah, if people want to submit, submit a trade, mm-hmm. they can do so by what means? Obviously they could reach out to us on Twitter, I guess, but. Um, uh, much easier to go right in the, so we're going to make a post and you yeah. can comment on the post and Patreon. There you go. So Comment much, much easier. Patreon post. Yep. Yeah. And and honestly, if you do that, like that's going to be where it's at. Because if you don't submit them there, there there's going to be people that aren't patrons trying to trying to get in on the fun, right? Submit your yes. question there. Right. Submit your yes. question there. Patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. So there'll be a specified post. It's not like we have 10 posts a week. So you'll be able to find it for the submission and we'll do a special show next week. Yes. There you go. Excellent. Okay. Uh so the original question was, you know, running, not running, throwing, oh, yes. not throwing. Uh, what, what's kind of your vantage point, the, the 10,000 foot view on this for the combine? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just interested that like you look at the, um, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s decision not to run is fascinating to me and I'm understanding that he's not going at all. Like the medicals, they're not going to get medicals. You're going to get nothing. That's fascinating. Like that's a fascinating decision. And uh, like, I don't, see a ton of upside in doing that um i do see downside right i do see downside um unless you're guaranteed right the, the only thing that i can come back to and we talked about this a bit is that maybe he's got an nfl version of an nba draft promise from a team in the top four we'll say right two three or four right maybe he's got an uh, he's got an offer hey stay home don't run we want you to slide a pick Right. And maybe he wants to go there. Right. Um, but going without an agent and trying it a different way, like uh, that's worked out for some guys, but it's worked out for the guys that have been like MVPs, Lamar Jackson. Right. Like it, I don't know, like th- that's dubious to me. Like I could see neighbors picking him off. Right. I could see neighbors. And by the way, like neighbors comes out higher in your metrics and your production metrics in college than Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. did. And so like, I don't think that, and we've seen guys like Lance Zerline, for example, has um, has neighbors like consistently ahead and he's pretty plugged in. Like we've seen, and there's there's people that do film and there's people in like the dynasty space that have him above Marvin Harrison Jr. That I just, I find that fascinating 
um, that he's going to not run. So, um, or not even participate at all. And it doesn't seem like he's going to run at a pro day either. So that's, that's going to be really one to watch and see, see how that goes. The quarterback's not throwing is not a surprise. You know, we'll see if maybe there's some risers coming out of this week testing wise, but, um, and it seems like JJ McCarthy is going to throw, maybe he'll be, uh, maybe he'll be on, on the, the big spotlight and get a boost out of this. Yep. Uh, even if the top quarterbacks don't throw, obviously a good opportunity for those fighting uh, for potentially round one pedigree or day two pedigree uh, there. And they'll, they'll always need enough uh, camp arms. I call them, I call them camp arms just because like, I think it'd be fascinating eventually if we get enough quarterbacks saying, no, we're going to get guys that don't even get drafted and all the quarterbacks of the combine mm-hmm. are going to be uh, Ivy league guys and uh, you know, uh, mid majors and all that kind of stuff. Um, all right. I've got a couple spicy ones uh, in terms of did I get enough this week? They're submitted by a listener, Keith. Uh, he He's done some big fish hunting and he made a number, you know, a big Dynasty Think Tank listener and follower that he's been going after the big boys at quarterback, upgrading that position repetitively. And he has like he sent me a list of like seven or eight deals he's made this offseason. So he has been probably the biggest super fan and advocate of like putting this into action. So we're going to ask. Did the other side get enough? Because he is sharpshooting some big-time quarterbacks, big fish in the sea here, onto his Superflex rosters here. So the first one I picked out is for Josh Allen. And it is Kyler Murray, 101, 201, 301. For Josh Allen, 209 and 309. And it maybe matters slightly, but not much. It's 1.5 for tight end. Um. I mean, I look at this and I think just, just think of you're sitting at this and you're like, okay, what, what am I guaranteed? All right. And I'll take, let's take away injury for a second. What am I guaranteed in this deal? I'm guaranteed Josh Allen, right? Which again, outside of injury, uh, an elite performer, a top two or three guy on a consistent basis, right? Basically what has he got? Three top quarterback one finishes at this point. Like he's in rare air, Right. Um, on the other side, you're getting Kyler Murray, who we don't know exactly who he is at this point, right? We have questions, which I think, you know, this far into his career is probably an answer, right? About a lot of things. Um, a capable fantasy scorer, a capable high level fantasy scorer, but when he's injured, he's totally not the same guy and we don't know how well he can hold up. Right. Um, so we haven't really gotten like the full, like, long-term bet out of him long-term arc out of him and then you're getting a round one probably the number one pick in the draft at quarterback which is a good profile but again we've talked about this if it's caleb williams like even if he goes to a right and he's a excellent passer leads the league in passing i'm not sure that there's a huge rushing angle to his fantasy production and that we've seen kind of what that tops out as and so I see an elite profile here being traded for a couple of question marks. And that is always on the elite profile. And I think that if you kind of looked at some other teams, like if you looked at some other places, there might be some differing opinions on that trade. Oh, well, I would bet. Um, and, and if you think of it in startup terms, uh, it's a second and a third probably for the one-on-one. And that's hard to get done in a startup draft. I don't care if that's 201 and 301. Uh, in terms of the second and third, it's hard to get that in a startup draft done. And that's essentially what you're doing on the highest of ends possible. Um, 
and again, 201 matters, you know, in a super flex format, certainly versus 209 and same thing for the third rounders. But like you said, it, it like eliminate the junk. You know, one thing that I think I mentioned last week or the week before, which is simplify how you look at trades. And this one, uh, just to kind of my, my trade calculator has this at my, minus 19%. Um, but that's not enough of a premium and not even close. It, the, the, it keeps going up when you talk about premium positions. It keeps going up when you talk about way up on the overall board of hierarchy of assets. And Josh Allen is at the apex of that. Like, I think at worst, you would have him as number two on your, your hierarchy of assets for this particular format. And I mean, the, the premium needs to be like 40%, 50%. I mean, you could say no to those deals, depending on what the best player coming back and how far that fall is at the most premium positions. It's very probably a very select uh, number of quarterbacks that you would even look at the deal when they're the best player coming back. And Kyler Murray is not high enough. The 101 drafted quarterback is not high enough in this capacity. So uh, Keith was able to sharpshoot off Josh Allen. Uh, it doesn't matter if your team's great or not great, or if you earn the 101. All of a sudden, you move over to Josh Allen, you insulate yourself with a core player, and it might seem like, oh, I'm multiple pieces away, so you know, let me stick with Kyler, let me draft someone at 101. Like That actually opens up your floor outcome to being worse or perpetuating losing, because if Kyler Murray doesn't work out, if 101 doesn't hit massively, like one of those two things have to hit massively for you to feel okay about the steal, and that's again, you're talking about upside and downside, like the downside of that, the downside of Josh Allen is career ending injury, right? That's yeah. pretty much with his profile at this point. That's it. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And that could happen to anybody. So it's not unique to that side of a deal. So there you go. Right. And Next the other thing here. too, I just want to hit that real quick for a second. Yeah. The um, hit that, that topic, um, just close the loop on that sentence for a second. Um, the uh, like there is the concern that Josh Allen's going to wear down. I also would say that the fact that Josh Allen has consistently maintained the ability to like fight through this, like there's actually some research that suggests that guys with high workloads in college at running back, for example, actually sustain better in the NFL, right? Cause they're, they're used, used to, to workloads. It. Yeah. So they've already, like, they've already passed the test of, of going through the rigors. And that's why like Tony Pollard, I was like, are we sure? Like, do we want him to get a bigger workload? Are we sure? Like, like things like that or you know antonio gibson didn't really have a big workload in college for example he's had lingering injuries throughout because he hasn't proven that like he's wired that way body wise physio wise like it, it really is a leap like you said and josh allen the other thing i would say about josh allen is he's progressed as a passer we've seen him mm -hmm. be diabolically great without running so to say that he couldn't just flip the switch and like three years from now he pulls a Mahomes and it's like, we saw Mahomes a dot go from, you know, the best in the league to now one of the shortest. And he's like micromanager and, and game manager and all those phrases people hate to use. Why in, in 2026 could we see Josh Allen not do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks boring because we see this cyborg alien, you know, that, that that's a hulking superhero and we're just going to see him, you know, throwing darts, checking the ball down. But who's to say that's not where Josh Allen at 31 years old is headed. And that's not a bad thing. Cause we've right. seen him do that and he's still going to be able to throw at 65 yards. And if he doesn't run for 800 yards, I think he'll still be okay. Yes. All right. Next deal we got, and this is uh, again, uh, one where he's upgrading at quarterback here. Let's see where this one stands. So same format, Deshaun Watson, 102, 108, 
209, 302, A Partridge in a Pear Tree, 4, Lamar Jackson, and Chris Godwin. Uh, Lamar. Um, I view this as a great way to get off of Deshaun Watson. Um, uh, you know, there's a chance that Deshaun Watson bounces back. Like, there's a chance that, I don't know, maybe he's Kirk Cousins, right? Like, that. that's probably a good outcome for him at this point is be like a Kirk Cousins-level quarterback. Um, you know, uh, do you trade that for Lamar Jackson heartbeat? <laughs> like, I would trade that for Lamar Jackson heartbeat. Again, you're taking the same... You're doing this in a class again. The picks, like the 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 concept of the picks, does matter a bit, right? You're going to get a top five quarterback probably at, at 102, or you're going to take a wide receiver, um, which again, those odds are 50 50 basically. Um, and then you're going to take um, at 108, like I don't know, probably a, a wide receiver, right? You're not. It's not a running back deep class, so you're not even going to do the damage there. Well, and, and frankly, if a running back gets round two in a good landing spot like Dallas or something, you're probably that's going to go ahead of 108. So you're not even going to get a look at that, right? So and Bowers, Bowers is 1.5, which you don't want to overcook the 1.5. He's probably going to go ahead of that. You're probably going to get a receiver in the 20s with that pick. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Right. Like, Ryan Thomas or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like, great. Like, okay. Like I just, you're arbing. Well, again, down the deal comes, to down, to, the deal comes down to Deshaun Watson and one Oh two. Right. Give me Lamar Jackson. Let, let, let's What's guaranteed. The and, get, in the again, go back to this deal. One Oh eight doesn't matter. Right. right. Give me, get, let's do this. Let's do that exact same question. What are you guaranteed? And outside right. of injury, um, you're guaranteed a, a substantial fantasy threat in Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't know what Deshaun Watson is at this point in your career, and you're getting a coin flip that the guy's uh, a fantasy starter at 102. Give me Lamar Jackson. So, good job, Keith. Yeah, I, I was wondering, like, by the market, Deshaun Watson going, like, round six now of startups? Like, what's the bounce back? Like, if he if he has a Houston-esque season out of him this next year, what does that do? Like, where does that move them and what optionality do you have? In a cluttered, yeah, in a cluttered quarterback market, how much upward mobility do you have? I just, I don't, I don't think there's a ton. I mean, is he a third or fourth rounder? I, I don't know. You go back to last year and he was ranked more highly than, than Dak Prescott, yeah. which is always fascinating. Um, right. I just all right. You start looking around at quarterback, and you're like, all right, does he get in? So he's at at yeah. He's basically down. I mean, is at he 22. like Tua? Like Tua had a good year, and people still don't really believe. Would he be like a Tua viewed asset? That's a fair one. Because if so, I mean, that's like a round three guy, and frankly, it's a very specific marketplace. And we're seeing people with Tua this offseason do the exact same thing as Watson. Right? They're yeah. trying to add to him, and they're trying to move up. So yeah. what what I'm alluding to is Watson has a successful season and you're probably not in that much of a different space of what you're trying to do 12 months from now. So again, I think this one is more fair when you look at, you know, Pang and you know, you're getting Watson, you're getting 102, Lamar, I'm I'm definitely not as high on Lamar as um I think maybe as you, but it certainly there's a big drop off from Josh Allen. Yeah, there and is. So, and I don't view the difference between 101 and 102 that profound. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, I think this one's way more fair. 
Uh, you get 108 as well. I wish it was 107 or 106, but again, uh, but the more I'm thinking about this, I mean, again, getting the premium, I think it's fair, but, and I think, you know, if, I'll say this, if you had a stud quarterback, like let's say Ed Mahomes or Allen and Lamar was your two. And depending on what you had as your three, I could see this as a way to, if you wanted to trade quarterback, you could now, I would rather a different guy than Watson personally in this range, but um, I can see this one as being okay on the other end. The other one, I just don't understand. Right. I, I think like you could do this deal in a way that, Hey, it's Deshaun. It's not Deshaun Watson. It's a, a different quarterback that you like better. Um, right. And, you know, instead of Deshaun Watson, it's Dak Prescott. And instead of one Oh eight, it's um, an established player. Like that sure. that would be an arbitrage opportunity that I could explore, right? I just I I you're getting in, you're getting in deep with Desh- with Deshaun Watson. That I just I, I you're to win this deal, he's got to do something, and I'm not sure, given what we've seen, that I want to make that bet. I'm getting out right. of Deshaun Watson. I'm getting into the business of it. I'm certainly not getting into the business of it, trading the the reigning MVP, right? That's yeah, a, if you that's want to get in on direction. Watson by trading Mayfield, you know, or you know, someone of, of that ilk or Will Levis or whatever. I mean, Godspeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do that. I mean, get, get yourself some, some better outs. All right. We're going to cool things down. Uh, this is where you play the love ballad. Uh, so, so we're going to get off the hot seat here. Uh, we got a low level deal, but I thought it was, in, uh, it was also uh, important with a couple players that are involved here. So we got 1.75 for tight end. We got Ramondre Stevenson traded for Demario Douglas and Pat Fryermuth. So I don't view Demario Douglas as much in this deal. So it's really Stevenson versus Fryermuth. Um, both guys who were our guys, both guys who had rough years, um, both guys who I still think could be difference makers, but I'm not exactly sure what their trajectories are. Uh, I think it's a fascinating trade. Um, I think push come to shove, I'm probably taking Stevenson. Um, uh I still like Fryermuth, but I, I think that Fryermuth, like the nature of the position is different now, given that I think you have a lot of young guys who have stepped up. I don't like, I still see an elite potential outcome out of Stevenson. So I don't feel great about this trade. It's two guys that I've involved with. If you want to take the other side, like totally fine with it. Um, I, it they're very, they're similar type. It feels like one problem for another is almost how it feels. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll take it mostly because of the format. Um, I think Stevenson, because of the lack of allegiance he got last year, the fact that he's older than most people think. And I mean, they're probably going to address the position in some capacity. And that should be that's always worrisome this time of year. You know, if he was coming off a, a top five se- season, it, it would be a far different question. And frankly, it's probably a deal that doesn't get done. So the only reason is because he opened that door uh, with going into a committee. People thought Zeke was done and far bigger role. And then he had some injuries and just really did not get the usage. So 1.75, I wish it was 2.0, but I'll take Fryermuth just because when you get up to this level of scoring, you can start to flex tight ends. Um, he has you know, a more durable profile when you look at who's going to still be on my team potentially two or three years from now, who's still going to have some value. Stevenson for me feels like you're really trying to sharpshoot what happens this year, you know, and he has to turn it around and he could end up being a cut. So yeah, mm-hmm. like you, not a, like not a big Douglas fan and, you know, and Friar move, I think this is a format where you can tolerate, you know, having two, three, four tight ends, you know, it's not a stock format. And so 
even if he's someone that provides depth, we saw, you know, that one big game, he came back from injury, had a hundred something yards. Like he has some ceiling to him and the Steelers are probably going to have better quarterback play just through exploring options. And if they decide on Pickett, then, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, I, I just think he's got enough profile to at least have, you know, hitting a double sort of outcomes. And I think Stevenson, you have to at least be open to the fact that the home run is less likely than it was a year ago and that he could, he could literally be on dynasty waiver wires within 24 months. Um, and largely a figment of our imagination, which <laughs> it's kind of graphic to think of it in that way, you know, from where we're coming from, it's like, wow, this is a guy that has a lot of, of upside possibilities and then it gets derailed by situation. Plus, you know, who knows there, there's, there's a reason he went in the fourth round, you know, so to, sure. to think that he's a lock and this is the time of year that day three running backs are never safe. So, um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, we got that deal. And then, uh, again, premium side of dynasty think tank this week we mentioned a little bit you want to get on there you want to submit your dynasty trades we're going to talk about those in depth uh and that's over at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank plus we talked for about an hour on after hours uh anything and everything we talked about betting markets we talked about the draft uh we talked about the combine and uh just swap stories we mixed in some dynasty elements there uh anything else you, you would add about that jordan uh, no, we there's a lot of good stuff over there this week. By the way, Chad, I do have some results for you on the polls of this of these trades. So let's get your uh, let's see how well your finger is on the pulse of this, All right, of this right. market. All right, the, I did the Kyler Murray for Josh Allen trade. What side do you think wins, and what do you think the percentage of of the market is? Um, oh, I will say we've got the Josh Allen side, and it's sixty forty. 80-20 in favor of Murray. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it is rookie wow. season. It, it is, is bikini season. season, Jordan. And we, we I, I did not count that properly. 80-20. Wow. Yeah. yeah. My only regret is I didn't Any comments tank. to the poll or no? Um, yeah, there were some... Someone some said bloodshedding? <laughs> Bloodletting? No, it would depend on what I could get for 101. Maybe you could get Josh Allen. Um, I'm thinking of a big-time quarterback. Maybe in the Josh Allen ilk. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other right. one, uh, the Watson 102, 108, 209, 302 yeah. for Lamar Jackson, Chris Godwin. What do you think? All right, see, so one? based on the other poll, it makes me want to take the 102 side, but I know Deshaun Watson is like not the biggest uh supporting industry there on X. So I will go on this one, I will go, I'll go 55 45 Lamar. 6238 in favor of Watson. Come on. Yeah. Why do you build me up as this? Right. I can't, I can't dispel. I, I can't put in there good logic. I just, I, it's just, it's tough for me to, it's the picks, man. You just, you throw picks. And again, this, maybe this is the big lesson. They assume you just good take the picks and good you outcomes. throw them at elite players. Just throw them at them right. and get yourself a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I, I have. One to of offer my biggest takes from this class. It's very early, but one of my takes is if you're sitting there at four or five in Superflex and you're like, God, I need to trade up. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't do so. Just sit sit right there. And whether you could be trading the pick, but if you are making picks, like that's a perfectly fine spot to be in this year. Mm-hmm. And let me guess, you didn't put the Stevenson trade in there. I didn't put the Stevenson trade in there. <laughs> 80-20 though, Jordan. That's crazy. Yes, it is. 80-20. 
And that's one-on-one centric, right? That's assuming that Kyler Murray is just going to be Josh Allen level like very soon. I'm getting yeah. Kyler for free. Yeah. I should go on there and make like, if I knew you were pulling this, I should go on there and make a bunch of comments. Be like, wow, that's why I waited Kyler until for... the show started. Getting... <laughs> I know. I'm getting Kyler for free. Yeah. That's <laughs> why I waited for the show to start. I think we used to do that more in the trade segment, right? You would put up the, you'd put up the polls for the, for the trades and we'd have that going in as well. All right. Yeah. Yeah, in advance. There we but go. I don't want you to mess with the results. No, so I no, have to, no, I gotta no. wait. I gotta wait. Yeah. No, I love guessing. I love the not knowing. It's exactly. The best. Exactly. It is the best. All right. Uh, so that's gonna do it uh, this week. Like I mentioned, uh, this is the best time to to get in there in terms of listener submitted questions and um, and the trades that are coming up. And also, again, we're gonna have the the breakdown on the combine next week. Also, additional premium content as we go throughout this entire draft process and a great free agency process. And I'm bound uh, sure we're going to see some great trades in terms of the NFL, where some of these notable players and maybe some wide receivers are on the move via trade. It's becoming a much more liquid marketplace there in the NFL. All right. So for Chad Parsons NFL on Twitter, Jordan McNamara here at McNamara Dynasty on Twitter. We also have our own Dynasty content streams, analyticsofdynasty.com, uthdynasty.com, respectively. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 